Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar out there at Built Bar. Head over to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN20, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. It's your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Monday edition of the show. It's episode one this week of five. Download it into your phone when you subscribe to the podcast on any podcast platform. It can be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, you name it. We are available five times a week. What other Eagles podcast out there is posting five plus episodes a week? There isn't one out there, so make sure you subscribe to LOE to get a daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. And since, guys, it is Monday, you know what that means. It's Mock Draft Monday, Episode 5. During the offseason, every Monday up until the Eagles are on the clock in the first round of the NFL Draft, we do a seven-round Eagles Mock Draft using our good friends, the Draft Network's Mock Draft Simulator. You've seen us the past couple weeks really prioritize quarterback in the first round, whether that's sitting at number six and taking Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, whether that means trading up to the third overall pick for Justin Fields of Ohio State. That is what we've been prioritizing through the last couple Mock Draft Mondays. But today, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to try to build around Jalen Hurts because of the report we saw early today from ESPN NFL insider Chris Mortensen, who reports that Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie wants the Eagles to go all in on building around Jalen Hurts for at least the 2021 season and not give him competition, whether that means not trading for Marcus Mariota, right? That kind of veteran that could push Hurts and even beat him out for the starting job and be an upgrade over Jalen or drafting a rookie in the first round like Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Zach Wilson, or could even be, you know, doing what they did last year and taking Jalen Hurts in the second round and having Carson Wentz have to deal with that distraction for the entire season. Jeffrey Lurie does not want that for Jalen Hurts. He did, however, Chris Mortensen did specify that this report doesn't mean the organization is all in on Jalen Hurts. He said they are split, but Lurie is instructing the organization to build around Jalen. So I have a lot of thoughts on this. You guys know this is something that I have a lot of thoughts on. And my first one is hearing that Jeffrey Lurie, despite the organization not being all in on Jalen as the quarterback of the future, hearing that he is instructing the team to build around Hurts, right? He is putting his hands all over this and making the decision. If it is true, and again, I'm a little bit skeptical. I'm not sure I totally buy this because, number one, it kind of gives off a smokescreen vibe of, hey, teams behind us, the Carolina Panthers, the New England Patriots, the Washington football team, the San Francisco 49ers, don't try to trade up in front of us at pick six and take the quarterback we want, right? We don't want to have to move up. We'd rather just sit at pick six and keep our draft picks and still get our quarterback. So that could be what this is. It could be a smoke screen. You've also seen other reports about the Eagles wanting to draft a quarterback in the first round and not being sold on Jalen Hurts. The Philadelphia Inquirer story, I still don't get over that. They said they didn't contact Jalen for months after the season was over. And they originally took him not to be 
an option outside of Carson Wentz as a franchise quarterback, he was taken to be a very high-end backup. And then you look at their history of taking quarterbacks even when they have others. Sam Bradford in 2016, they draft Carson Wentz. They have Carson Wentz in 2019 coming off the best finish of his career at the end of that season, and then they draft Jalen Hurts in the second round. So you look at that history. You look at the other reports about them wanting a quarterback and giving off maybe a smokescreen vibe, and that to me kind of... It doesn't convince me that this is how the organization or the owner, specifically Jeffrey Lurie, feels. And Jeffrey Lurie, Lurie is enamored with elite passing offense. That's what he wants his team to be built on. Even when they were winning playoff games in 2018 against the Chicago Bears and they were on that magical run down the stretch, he wasn't happy because the offense was not clicking. And so he wants to be a top-tier passing offense. Does he think... He can have that with Jalen Hurts. What part of Jalen's game last year or throughout the majority of his career in college at Alabama and Oklahoma tells you that he's a high-volume passer for a top-five passing offense? I'm not saying Jalen Hurts can't be that guy. I'm not saying Lurie doesn't believe he can be that guy, that he can be Russell Wilson where he takes step after step and suddenly becomes this elite quarterback on the ground and through the air, a Deshaun Watson type of player. But so far, what we've seen from Jalen Hurts is more Tyrod Taylor-esque style of play. So considering Lurie's background and what he wants in an offense, this does surprise me even more if this is true that he's all in on Hurts. And that's why I'm a little bit skeptical because of that point as well of what Lurie wants his offense to be. I don't think he wants to be a Baltimore Ravens-like offense where they're running the football 30-plus times a game between Hurts and running back Miles Sanders. But if this is a true report, then I am, first off, you guys know I'm not happy with this. You know I think passing on a quarterback this year is a mistake. I think there is elite arm talent in this top six between Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. I think the upside of those players is tremendous, and I don't think Jalen Hurts is that same kind of talent, and you can't guarantee me in 2022 you'll have another crack at those kind of prospects. I think the the prospect pool in 2022 is weaker, and you have no guarantee you're going to be picking number six again, right? You might have to move up to get your guy, or Jalen Hurts might win you seven or eight games, and you don't have a chance at all to get one of those players. So I'm just not willing to, as much as I like Hurts and some of his game, I don't think he's worth risking, just like he wasn't worth losing Carson Wentz, I don't think he's worth risking losing what you could potentially have in Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, or Trey Lance. But I, you know, I just, the other thing is Jeffrey Lurie, I'm just concerned whether you, you know, with me, you guys know I don't, for everything I just said, I'm not in on Jalen Hurts in 2021. But regardless of what your thoughts on who the quarterback should be, the owner having this much say, I think is insane. Like the fact that, I mean, being a scout for the Eagles must be so tough. Like, if you don't agree with Howie Roseman or Jeffrey Lurie, just get out of the way because their opinion is everything. And so that's the frustrating part is Chris Mortensen followed up by saying the organization, it's not an unanimous opinion that Jalen should be the unquestioned guy next year. And I agree with the people that don't believe that because he has not done enough to, to me, earn that opportunity. So regardless of what your thoughts on who the quarterback should be are, you should be concerned with this report about Lurie basically telling everybody else 
this is the way it's going to be. And you know what? I thought about this before the show. It's kind of impressive knowing what we know about Jeffrey Lurie now and Howie Roseman and how headstrong these guys are and how power hungry they are and how they middle in everything. It is so damn impressive and kind of badass that Chip Kelly pulled off that W in 2015 in that power struggle. How did he grab GM control from Howie Roseman and have say over Jeffrey Lurie when it comes to personnel as well. I mean, Chip Kelly must be really good with words because it seems like every other scout coach player that disagrees or gets in the way of Howie and Lurie, they have a shelf life. You are not going to outlive these two. So the fact that Chip won that power struggle, at least for a year is uh, kind of impressive. I love that Chip Kelly is suddenly becoming the protagonist in the story when he was the biggest antagonist of the last 10 years in this Eagles organization story. So um, it's man. I don't know. One thing I will say that I do like if you are, you know, again, you know, I don't want Jalen hurts as the guy, but if you are going to give him the chance to be the guy, I do like the fact that Lurie would not want to bring in competition. I think that's smart. I think you saw last year, you know, quarterback is different. When you got to look over your shoulders, especially in a market like Philadelphia, that is a massive distraction and no quarterback is going to be set up to succeed in that kind of environment. And so I do kind of like that if they're all in on Jalen Hurts, don't do to him what you did to Carson Wentz last year. Again, I just wish they would have had the same approach with Carson instead of Jalen. All right, so those are my thoughts on the report today of Jeffrey Lurie potentially wanting to go all in on Jalen Hurts in 2021. That was reported by ESPN's Chris Mortensen. I don't know. I just, I look at Doug Peterson getting fired, right? And I kept saying to myself, okay, that's all right. At least, you know, I'm not happy with it at all, but at least they're all in on fixing Carson Wentz. Then they trade Carson Wentz. I'm like, okay, at least they're going to take a quarterback in round one. Now this report, it's like my nightmare scenario of Jalen Hurts and Howie Roseman being the last one standing is on the horizon, and that really does terrify me. I feel like I traveled back to 2015 where I kept making up excuses, and um, I kept saying, no, 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 it's not Sam Bradford. That's not the answer. This is all a ploy. This is all a, a facade to get Marcus Mariota. And then each day, like different reports kept confirming my fear. And I hope, again, I, I think I have real reason to be skeptical of this report, but at the same time, I'm nervous that this might actually be the organization's direction. So if it is their direction, how do you build around Jalen Hurts in 2021? What do you do with that extremely valuable pick at number six overall? I'm going to go through now a seven-round Eagles mock draft coming up next right here on Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to their website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into Mock Draft Monday. Let's see how we can build around Jalen Hurts. If the report is true that Jeffrey Lurie is telling this Eagles organization how it is that Jalen is going to be the guy in 2021, what are they going to do with that sixth overall draft pick in the 2021 NFL Draft? What are they going to do with the rest of their picks? I'm going to go through that now on Mock Draft Monday, Episode 5. For sports news outside of the Eagles, guys, today on the Locked On Today podcast, Selection Sunday is a week away, and there will be a number number of ACC teams left out of the tournament. What went wrong in the ACC this season? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. So I want to take a quarterback in the first round, but if it is the case that Jalen is the guy, how do we maximize his abilities and give him the best opportunity to win the job this season? Because even though I don't want Hurts to be the player, that the Eagles build around at quarterback, and it was the same thing with Sam Bradford in 2015, I want him to succeed, if that is the case. Like, I don't want him to fail. I don't want him to be a Tyrod Taylor or Alex Smith level of player, which is what I'm skeptical he is. I want him to become Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. I feel like that, you know, a Donovan McNabb type. I feel like that is the ceiling, but the floor, again, kind of is that Alex Smith type where you can win with him and he can have moments of greatness, but at the same time, there is a shelf life there. There's a ceiling, and especially through the air, that kind of caps you in what kind of offense and what kind of team you can be. At the same time, though, the Eagles have an opportunity to really build around Hurts. You have a great star young running back Behind him in Miles Sanders, you have a star tight end of the making in Dallas Goddard. You have a really good offensive line intact. And so those are pieces to work with for Jalen. And with that sixth overall pick, you could also bring in a damn good elite pass catching prospect. So when I look at how the board fell here at pick number six, Jalen Waddell of Alabama, Devonta Smith, and Kyle Pitts all were on the board. Jamar Chase went to the Cincinnati Bengals. So if Jamar Chase was there, I would have ran to the board and I would have took him out of LSU. But between now Waddle, Smith, and Pitts, this was a tough decision. And I actually put it up to a poll on our Twitter account at Lockdown Birds last night. I was curious. I said, if the Eagles are choosing between two of these prospects, and I took Jalen Waddle out of it, I was more curious about the, because I feel like the consensus right now is it's Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle. And then it's kind of like, okay, if you're taking a pass catcher, it's then Devonta Smith versus Kyle Pitts. Who would you choose of those guys? And the vote was closer than I thought. I thought it was going to be heavily in favor of Devonta Smith. It was not. 53.3% of the listeners said Devonta, but 47.5% actually said Kyle Pitts. And here's where I stand with Kyle Pitts. I think he's an elite prospect as a pass catcher. Like I think he's going to be a star in the NFL. And if you can tell me right now, because a lot of people are saying, oh, he's not a tight end, he's a receiver. But then you look in the NFL, sometimes when that player kind of player comes in, he's actually used only really a tight end. Like if you can tell me right now, and I think I see it on the tape that he can be this, and people that I trust that know more about football than me say he can be this. Like if you can guarantee me he can be your starting X receiver that lines up on the outside, that lines up in the slot. Someone that is a receiver in 11 personnel that's not coming off the field, that's not like a gadget type of player, then that's a different story. Then I would consider him even more as a, you know, not just like a luxury pick at the sixth overall spot, which you just really can't afford considering the holes. Like that I'll take for Kyle Pitts because I do think he is an elite prospect. 
But I think the other three receivers are even better. I think it's a special, special group. So I think taking Pitts over Waddle would be a mistake. And Devonta Smith, too, I think it would be a mistake. Um, if Pitts is the last guy of those players that's available, I'll take him for Jalen Hurts, for sure. I would not be mad if the Eagles take him. But it's him versus the other guys where I would be more inclined to go with one of the Alabama prospects. And I went with Jalen Waddle for this first pick. I think he is, when you look at all the other Alabama receivers that have been taken highly the past couple years, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, now Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle. I think Waddle has a little bit of every one of those players in his game. I think he has the strengths of all of them. He has the Henry Rugg speed and the run after the catch ability, and I think it's maybe even better. I think it is better than Henry Ruggs from last year, and you guys know how much I loved Ruggs in 2020. I think he has Jerry Judy and Devonta Smith's short area explosiveness and the ability to separate, and also you look at how tough he is going up and getting the ball with contested catches. Jalen Waddle is, and also he's an elite returner. And you look at how bad the Eagles special teams unit has been the past couple years, specifically in the return game. They have not had an efficient guy there since Kenyon Barner in 2017. Jalen Waddle checks off all the boxes. And so too does Devonta Smith, I think, and Kyle Pitts. But I think Waddle is the better prospect of those three. And yes, you look at Devonta last year, historic numbers, video game numbers, winning the Heisman Trophy. But if you look to the first month of the season, Jalen Waddell was on that similar pace. He had 500-plus yards in the first four weeks before the injuries set in. Before those leg injuries happened, Jalen Waddell was having the season that Devonta Smith ended up having, and all those targets went to Smith. I'm not using that as an excuse as to why Smith played as well as he did. I think Devonta, too, is an elite prospect in his own right. It's 1A, 1B, and 1C with Kyle Pitts. It's like pick your poison of what style you want. But I just think Jalen is right there, and I think he might be a better prospect than those guys. So I went with Jalen Waddle to then pair up with Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham, Quez Watkins, John Hightower. That's a young, explosive wide receiver group that maybe you even had a guy like Curtis Samuel in the mix as well. I mean, can you imagine? That's the one thing, like, I don't want Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback, but that's a good situation for any young quarterback to thrive in. If you have this kind of offensive line intact, if you're then throwing the ball to Jalen Waddle, you know, hopefully Jalen Rager takes a step in year two, Dallas Goddard, you have Miles Sanders in the backfield, and you sign a free agent like a Curtis Samuel type, that's a really good situation for Jalen. Like, if you're going to develop Hurts and give him the best chance, you're gonna, there's going to be no excuses for him. Like It's going to be sink or swim. And it's not going to be like Carson Wentz in 2019 playing with Deontay Burnett and Joshua Perkins. So I went with Jalen Waddell as my number one wide receiver here with the sixth overall draft pick. With my second pick, 37th overall in the second round, I decided to switch the field and focus on the secondary on defense. You guys have heard me a couple times on Mock Draft Monday this year. The big popular pick for me is Asante Samuel Jr. of Florida State, a cornerback. I think they need a corner desperately opposite Darius Slay, but they also really need safety help. Like Their future at safety is not set by any means. We have no idea what Kayvon Wallace is going to be. Coming out of Clemson last year, that was an elite slot defender, in the ACC, he could play single high. He could, you know, play in the box against the run. Kayvon really did check off all the boxes, and I think he was a steal in the fourth round. But we just did not see enough tape 
at the NFL level last year. Jim Schwartz did not just give he just he played Marcus Epps over him and Rudy Ford. Wallace did not play enough last year to really know what we have. And outside of Kayvon, it's like, do they sign Jalen Mills again? I don't know if they're going to do that. Roddy McLeod probably only has one more year with the Eagles. So you need safety help as bad, if not worse, then you need cornerback help. So I went with TCU safety, Trayvon Marig. And this is for you, Gino, because Gino loves his safeties, and the Eagles just have not given him a top prospect to work with in the first two rounds since we've been doing Locked on Eagles together. So here is that pick for Gino, Trayvon Marig of TCU. Really love watching this kid's tape. He's an athletic safety that really thrives as a single high, and that's kind of what the Eagles need. But also, he can play on, you know, he's not just a one-trick pony. He can play on every level of the defense. He's good in man coverage inside in the slot. And who knows with Nikel Roby Coleman, he's going to be gone this year. I don't know what the future holds with Avante Maddox. You're going to need a slot defender as well. He's got good ball skills and he's not afraid to come down and hit. I really like Trayvon Marig as my second round pick. Hopefully him and Wallace can be that future at safety. And this year, while you also have Rodney McLeod, that's a really strong three safeties. So Trayvon Marig of TCU is my second round pick. So I think you're off to a really good start if you get Marig and Jalen Waddell. All right, I got two third-round picks before I take another break here. I'm going with Georgia cornerback Tyson Campbell at pick 70 in the third round. Another secondary. If you can get Trayvon Marig and Tyson Campbell in the secondary at corner and safety, like those are really good building blocks to work with back there for Jonathan Gannon, the new defensive coordinator. Campbell is a fun watch. If you guys haven't checked out his tape yet, go look at even just his YouTube highlights like, What I like about Tyson Campbell so much is he plays with such an intense, aggressive style. And that's really fun at corner. Like for a cornerback, you got to be a dog, right? Like you have to have dog in you. You have to have that swagger. And, you know, people make fun of it all the time. Like you see Jalen Mills getting burned on a sluggo or a post route down the field. And, you know, the receiver has like 20 yards of separation and Mills finally catches up and the receiver drops the ball, right? And Mills does the finger wag. But you have to have that mentality at corner. Because a lot of the times you're left on an island. It is, to me, outside of quarterback, cornerback might be the hardest position to be elite at in the NFL. With how good receivers are now, I mean, you see the prospects that are coming out. It's incredible. Cornerbacks have it rough. And Tyson Campbell has that confidence, that intensity, that aggressiveness to be a starting cornerback in the NFL. Love his game. He's lengthy, too really fast, man coverage ability, and you need that guy opposite Darius Slay, I think Tyson Campbell could be that guy in the third round. My other third round pick, I went on defense as well. Look, you don't really need this position as much as you could use now. Maybe another linebacker or um, another receiver even. Who knows? But the Eagles, their philosophy is quarterback and build through the trenches. They're going to take a lineman this year. I think they have a lot of good building blocks on the offensive line that are young, and so they're going to go with another pass rusher here. Pick number 84 in round three, I went with Jordan Smith, the defensive end of UAB. Lengthy, explosive, reminds me a lot of Josh Sweat and his upside coming out of Florida State in the 2018 draft. That is Jordan Smith to me. Like He's explosive. His get-off, off the snap, off the line of scrimmage, in that bend, is something, it's kind of like Jordan Maialata on the offensive side of the ball. Like he's this raw, talented piece of clay. 
and you just mold him into what you want him to be. That's what Jordan Smith reminds me of, and that's the perfect fit because you have three guys that are ready to go right now as your edge rushers. Brandon Graham still at the height of his abilities. Josh Sweat in year four, I cannot wait to see. I mean, he's taking huge steps year after year after year. The trajectory of Josh Sweat, the sky is the limit for Josh. And then Derek Barnett is a really good third rotating pass rusher. But considering Derek Barnett's contract issue with the $10 million cap it right now, you might give him a, a short-term extension, right? Maybe you trade him, though. Either way, Derek Barnett's a guy that you're always going to want a high-floor player like that, but at the same time, you're always going to be looking for an upgrade, like a Josh Sweat, somebody with star potential. And I think that's Jordan Smith as well. So while you have Barnett still and Sweat, Brandon Graham's older and Barnett's future, you have no idea. Like You go year by year with that kind of player. You want to keep investing in edge rushers with upside. And I think Jordan Smith would be that perfect player that doesn't have to come in right away and save your defensive line. Like You had the second-most sacks in the league last year, so you're going to be okay, especially too with... Fletcher Cox on the inside and Javon Hargrave. Let Jordan Smith be that fourth rotating edge rusher. Let him develop his game and then see next year, the year after, hey, do we still need a guy like Derek Barnett? We might not because Jordan Smith and Josh Sweat are an elite tandem on the edge. That's the kind of potential that he really gives off to me at least, but he is a round three pick because you know he did have to transfer from Florida to UAB. He was involved in that credit card scam or I think he'd be a second-round prospect, but I do like that upside, and I'm willing to take a chance on that talent. All right, let's take one more break right here on Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On Eagles podcast. When we come back, we've got, I think, four, five more picks here in round five through seven. Pick 151, 157, 191 in round six, and then 220 and 228 in round seven. Louis DiBiase right here on Locked On Eagles. It's Mock Draft Monday, episode five. Don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be right back. Today's edition of Mock Draft Monday is sponsored by Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar for a year now, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while. Built Bar is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on every bar. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best because they have 18 amazing flavors. It's March. It's time for Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is... Apple Almond Crisp versus Churro Puff, and Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry. Ooh, those are four great flavors. My favorite, actually, is Peanut Butter Brownie, so I'm going to give Peanut Butter Brownie the vote over Raspberry. And then you got those two new fun flavors, Apple Almond Crisp or Churro Puff. I do actually like churros now. I'm growing... I, I didn't really have a churro growing up, and I had one, I think, last summer, and I'm like, okay, this is top tier, but I actually like Apple Almond Crisp better. So my votes for today's matchups are Apple Almond Crisp over Churro Puff and then Peanut Butter Brownie over Raspberry. Go to BuiltBar.com to vote for your favorite flavor, and remember, use the promo code LOCKDOWN20 when you're at BuiltBar.com to get a 20% off discount on your next order. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into Mock Draft Monday, episode number five. Louis DiBiase running through this seven-round mock draft simulation for the Philadelphia Eagles. So far, what I've done to build around Jalen Hurts, I took Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddell at number six overall. Then I really focus on the secondary with my next two picks. Round two, pick 37, I went with TCU safety Trayvon Marig. Round three, pick 70, I went with Georgia cornerback Tyson Campbell. 
And then round three, pick 84, I went with defensive end out of UAB, Jordan Smith. So I got two building blocks in the secondary, a high upside pass rusher behind Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, and Derek Barnett. And I got Jalen Hurts, potentially his number one wide receiver, somebody that he knows and played with at Alabama in Jalen Waddle. Let's keep going here. We've got four more picks to make in round five through seven. At pick 151, I went with a linebacker out of West Virginia, Tony Fields the second. This was West Virginia's every down middle linebacker over the last couple years. He's fluid, fast in space. He's not super rangy, but I feel like this is a player that, and he's also good on special teams. He's somebody that can contribute right away. If Davian Taylor, like Davian Taylor, we talked about it on Saturday, we want him to have every opportunity to be that one every down linebacker for you. That can also play with Alex Singleton and TJ Edwards. But if, let's say, Davian Taylor does not develop this year, and neither too does Sean Bradley, and Alex Singleton was maybe just a flash in the pan, you're going to need a guy that's ready to go right now. And I feel like even though he's a fifth-round pick, Tony Fields could be that guy. So he's kind of a a, a player that is pro-ready right now. That's a really good value on day three. My other fifth round pick, 157, I went with a guy that we continue to take here in Mock Draft Monday. Last year was what? Alton Robinson out of Syracuse, a pass rusher in the fourth round that we always took. This year, it's Buffalo running back Jarrett Patterson because, again, there's excuses to why Patterson did what he did last year, posting historic numbers in the MAC conference, right? Buffalo's offensive line had some top-tier prospects. You were in a lower conference as well. People are concerned because he didn't really catch the football much, but... For the Eagles, what they need in a running back now, in a rotational running back, is a guy that can run the football in between the tackles when Miles Sanders is not out there. Because Miles Sanders is a pass catcher. Boston Scott is a pass catcher. Look, I think Jarrett Patterson can catch the ball. Like Miles Sanders, Sanders didn't do it a lot at Penn State. That didn't mean he could not be a receiver. We saw how good Miles Sanders was as a receiver in his rookie season. So just because Patterson didn't do it doesn't mean he can't. But the Eagles don't really even need that anyway. They need him to do what he did on the ground. And when you post, regardless of what around you was working, when you post consistently, week after week, record-breaking numbers, I don't care if you're in the MAC, the FCS, it doesn't matter. You have talent. And so in round five, this is a James Robinson-level prospect where I think he could really turn heads and be a contributor for you right away. And I think that's a good rotating prospect when you have a three-down linebacker, or I should say running back, like Miles Sanders. So I went with Jared Patterson again of Buffalo. And then with my sixth-round pick at pick 191, I went with another cornerback out of Oregon, Thomas Graham Jr. I just think you need more young cornerback depth. I just I don't want to – you look at last year when the corners starting to get hurt. Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, Craven LeBlanc. I don't want to keep using safeties. Like I don't want to keep relying on Jalen Mills to play safety and then outside corner. And then, oh, NRC is in the slot. Now he needs to play on the outside. You cut Razul Douglas. You cut Sidney Jones. Craig James got hurt. So you were relying on last year players that were out of position. And then like Michael Jaquet, who was undrafted. You need more depth at corner. And so you got to keep building through the draft in that area with Thomas Graham of Oregon. And then my final two picks in round seven, I went with Middle Tennessee offensive lineman Robert Jones. This is a mauler in the run game, big, physical, aggressive, a Nate Herbig style of player. You're always going to take offensive linemen in the draft. The Eagles are always going to do that. They do that here in round seven. And then their final pick is a wide receiver out of South Dakota State, 
wide receiver Cade Johnson, explosive slot receiver that can compete with Quez Watkins, John Hightower, and Travis Fulgham behind Jalen Waddell, Jalen Rager, and then I think they're going to sign a free agent receiver as well too, so behind those three for depth. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for today's edition of Mock Draft Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in. Had a lot of fun with this show. I thought it was a good class. Not my favorite one because, again, I don't want to build around Jalen Hurts, but I think if you are going to give Jalen a chance in 2021, this is a really good start with this draft class. Let me know how I did. Hit us up on Twitter at LockdownBirds or at DBLCLOE. Subscribe to the podcast, and we'll be back tomorrow for another edition of your Lockdown Eagles podcast, a daily podcast on the Philadelphia Eagles part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go Birds!